This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. मेरा नाम शेख फलाउद्दीन है और मैं ग्राउंड का लीडर हूँ व्हाइट कॉलर लीडर नहीं हूँ खुद गाड़ी चलाता हूँ और ग्राउंड के जो तकलीफ है जो ड्राइवर के और डिलीवरी बॉय के वो मैं प्रैक्टिकली देखता हूँ और पूरा ग्राउंड पे काम करके समझने की भी पूरी कोशिश करके और उनके और हमारे जो प्रॉब्लम्स है वो प्रॉब्लम्स को कंपनी से कंटिन्यूसली फाइट करते हुए गवर्नमेंट तक चाहे कंपनी तक लेके जाने के अंदर अभी तक मैं सफल मैं लास्ट आठ साल से गाड़ी चला रहा हूँ मैं हैदराबाद तेलंगाना से हूँ मैं द लास्ट फ्यू वीक्स बिजी फॉर शेख सलाउद्दीन Other than earning a living by driving his car for a ride-hailing company, the 35-year-old has been prepping for the biggest battle of his life. That too in the highest court of the land. Representing some 35,000 fellow drivers, delivery boys across 12 to 15 odd large Indian cities, Salauddin, the National General Secretary of Indian Federation of App-based transport workers, or ifat in short has seen the highs of the indian gig economy when just a few years back a driver like him could take home over a lakh and a half of monthly earnings this new year if our drivers have gone above and beyond for you tell us your story with hashtag heroes of ola aap ki tarah hamare swiggy delivery partners ke bhi acche naam hain to agli baar inhe swiggy kya kar na bulaye अब यहाँ सेल्फी के लिए रुकता तो नेक्स्ट ऑर्डर लेट हो जाता वो क्या है ना ऋतिक रोशन हो या आप अपने लिए हर कस्टमर है स्टार बट नाउ एज वर्किंग आवर्स गेट लॉन्गर एंड बेनिफिट शॉर्टर एज कॉम्पिटिशन गेट्स हायर बट इनकम गेट्स लोअर एज मोर एंड मोर पीपल ज्वाइन द रैंक्स द डिसमल वर्किंग कंडीशन एट द सो कॉल्ड प्लेटफॉर्म एग्रीगेशन कंपनीज लाइक ऊबर ओला Zomato and Swiggy have got exposed. Worse, the broken promises of these big tech giants only got starker during the lockdowns. Swiggy Zomato ki bhi baat agar ja, last bite hue ek saal ke andar aap first COVID ke and pehle aap kitna dete the? Saare saar kilometer ke radiation ke andar aap 25 rupees ki dete the hamare ko base fare. Marhaat kya de rahe aap? 20 rupees, 25 rupees de rahe. Petrol ki khimat bade ya kam hue? बड़े फिर आप हमारा बेस फेयर क्यों कम कर रहे हैं कंपनी से एकदम घुमा फिरा के जवाब दे रहे समझ रहे हैं आप एकदम स्टैटिस्टिक जवाब दे रहे स्टैटिस्टिक गेम से खेल रहे क्योंकि यहाँ पे ड्राइवर का फोन पसीना डिलीवरी बॉय का फोन पसीना पी रहे कंपनी से आगे बढ़ रहे ठीक है कंपनी आज ये बड़े स्टेज पे है बोलते डिपेंड ऑफ ओनली एंड ओनली रीजन डिलीवरी पार्टनर और ड्राइवर पार्टनर लास्ट वीक आई फैर डिट समिंग अनप्रेसिडेंटेड filed a public interest litigation or PIL petition in the Supreme Court seeking social security and employment benefits including minimum wages pensions off days working hours proper redressal mechanisms they are alleging a breach of their fundamental right to equality under article 14 of our constitution that harps on the right to life the right to work the right to livelihood and the right to decent and fair conditions of work देखिए अगर जो आप बीते साल अगर जो आप देखे जाएंगे तो आजकल का जो ओला ओबर सिग्गी जोमेटो जो कंपनीज है 
वो बहुत बड़े पैमाने पे है एमराइट यूनियंस के पास हमारे पास अपन सेनेटिक हो पा रहे ठीक है और कहीं पे भी हमारे पास इतना सारा पैसा नहीं है कि हम पैसा डाल के केस लड़ पाए ठीक है और और हमें आ, कहीं पे भी जो एडवोकेट मिलते हैं तो अगर जब वो सारा एडवोकेट का जो खर्चा रहता है वो बहुत हजारों में लाखों में रहता है राइट तो अब जो एडवोकेट हमारे मिले जो गायत्री है इंदिरा जी है ये जो सीनियर लॉयर्स है सुप्रीम कोर्ट के ये हमारे लिए फ्रंट लाइन पे आके कहा कि हम आपके लिए मुफ्त में लड़ेंगे ठीक है हम इनको कोई पैसे नहीं दे रहे और ये तीन महीने से कंटिन्यूसली कार्रवाई चल रही इसके पर क्या करे तो सही है क्या कर सकते क्या नहीं कर सकते बहुत ब्रीफली इसके ऊपर काम किए हम लोग पैसे काम चीत करके बाइक के बातचीत करके और क्या तकलीफ है ग्राउंड पे जान के वो चीज को हम लोग हाईलाइट करने की कोशिश करें इस फिल्म में इट्स ट्यूजडे ट्वेंटी दिस इज द मॉर्निंग ब्रीफ कमिंग अप ऑन द शो वी आस्क सीनियर लॉयर और रिसर्चर फ्रॉम न्यूयॉर्क एंड गिग वर्कर्स व्हाट ड्रोव देम टू मूव कोर्ट एंड इज रेगुलेशन द पैनसिया फॉर ऑल द प्रिवेलिंग इल्स we will also evaluate strategic importance of the timing and how this could change the gig economy for good and if this could actually spoil the party for the likes of ola that is primed for an ipo or zomato that has seen spectacular gains since its july listings kahi baar kahi baar hum log ne government ko beech mein rakhte bahut sari baar hum log ne represent diya जोमेटो ओला ऊबर जैसे कंपनीज को मगर ये सारे कंपनीज कभी भी किधर भी अभी तक सुने नहीं और हमारा डिमांड माने नहीं ठीक है तो इनके ऊपर पहली बात तो लागू ये होना चाहिए इनके ऊपर जो कानून बना हुआ नहीं इनके ऊपर कोई चीज लागू हो सके जैसे कि अगर जो इनको आईटी डिपार्टमेंट के रूल मानना पड़ेगा या न तो लेबर डिपार्टमेंट के या न तो ट्रांसपोर्ट डिपार्टमेंट के कानून के अंदर काम करते थे या उनके रूल्स मानते थे तो इतनी तकलीफ नहीं आती थी कभी भी हमारे को करंटली देर आर सेवरल रेजिस्लेशन देर आर ऑलरेडी इन प्लेस टू प्रोवाइड सोशल सिक्योरिटी फॉर दोज वर्किंग इन वॉट इज कॉल्ड ऑर्गेनाइज सेक्टर The laws stipulate clear rules that cover a wide range of issues like hiring and firing, social and retirement benefits like pension, gratuity, provident fund or insurance payouts, maternity benefits among others. In 2008, the Indian Parliament even enacted the Unorganized Workers Act to provide social security and welfare for unorganized workers under schemes framed by the central and state governments. And then last year the government while recognizing gig workers for the first time ever brought in a code to replace or amend several old and archaic labor legislations and even the unorganized workers act the gig worker also found mention in finance minister nirmala sitaraman's 2021 budget speech for the first time globally social security benefits will be extended to gig and platform workers minimum wages will apply to all categories of workers and they will all be covered by the employee state insurance corporation 
On the ground though, even after one and a half years, the gig workers are yet to see such claims translating into action. Though it's been approved, it has not yet been notified because the states have not yet come out with their rules. Until the rules are framed, the court cannot be notified. The second issue is that there are a lot of problems with the code itself and in the central rules that have been been, uh, uh, framed by the central government. That's senior counsel Gayatri Singh, also the co-founder of the Human Rights Law Network. Singh, together with Indira Jay Singh, also a senior Supreme Court counsel, have taken up this cause pro bono, along with Nupur Kumar, the advocate on record. They have not yet been recognized as workers. And because they're not recognized as workers, they're not covered under the various acts which are applicable to all organized sector workers. So the end result is that the workers, gig workers, are not entitled to uh, PF, insurance, their leave uh, benefits are not granted, their working hours are not fixed, and various other problems with regard to their working conditions. The basic issue is that they are not considered as workers. Once they are considered as workers, they will be covered under those acts. IFAT and their legal brains are confident the Indian courts will intervene and see through the legal haze that most of these companies offer as excuses to deny the workers any right whatsoever, especially in light of the other rulings from around the world. For years, delivery people have been calling for improved working conditions. Today, the city council voted yes to begin to regulate the industry. DoorDash, Grubhub, and Uber Eats have sued New York City over its law that permanently caps commissions they can charge restaurants to use their platforms. At the heart of the matter is a simple question. Are these gig workers employees or are they contractual labor? The platform aggregators across the world have argued that they are not employees but independent contractors instead. Some even call them partners who are their own boss and therefore masters of their own destiny. They are free to work whenever they want to and likewise free to log off whenever they choose to. After all, nobody is forcing them to slave. Basically, the app-based aggregators have termed them, different uh, nomenclature has been given. They are either considered as independent contractors or as partners or even as customers. So even the lease agreements or the service agreements that are signed by the companies with the app-based work, we call them, we'll call them app-based workers. It basically uh, says that it's either a principle-to-principle agreement, which means basically two parties are on the same bargaining position. They have equal rights and they are independent in terms of deciding what are the provisions that should be added in the service agreements. Over time, the companies have subtly tweaked the terms of engagement. The earlier contract of service arrangement has now become contract for service. Now for you and I, replacing one word off for a for means precious little. But boy, for a lawyer's point of view, this means a bonanza. For it means instead of hiring an employee, companies are now contracting workers for their skills. It therefore becomes a commercial contract, not an employment relationship any longer. When goods and services produced by someone for the business of another, then the other is an employer. 
if the drivers or the app-based workers are providing services for the benefit of another person or for, for the business of the other person, and then that person should be termed as an employer. In fact, a petition points out that companies like Ola and Uber have further updated their service agreements with drivers by absolving the ride-sharing or hailing company or the aggregator of all liabilities and or responsibilities towards the drivers or riders. Meaning, if an Uber taxi gets mixed up in an accident or gets damaged, it's not the company's problem. On the other hand, if a vehicle gets damaged more than two times, it results in a termination of the lease agreement. In fact, Uber no longer uses the word partner in the agreement and defines individuals utilizing the app for service of commercial gains as customers. So, in effect, the driver and us passengers are literally on the same seat. And mind you, no driver can refuse to sign this agreement and yet use the app. He can own the car that he drives himself or give it to another third person to drive on his behalf. It does not matter. The contracts, the same template, word for word. It's a, a clever writing and framing of these agreements because Uber and other companies have learned from experiences in other countries. So they have changed the nomenclature. In the Indian context, uh, it is principal to principal. And in UK, they have used the word as principal to agent. So their case was that the driver is the principal actor. He or she is a transportation provider who provides transportation services to riders, that is passengers. Uber merely acts as an agency through which, through whom the payment is made. So they are like a booking agent. So they would basically pay the transport provider by the payment that is made from the passenger. But ask yourself, can you call a delivery boy from say Swiggy or Zomato and place your pizza or biryani order directly? The answer is no. Can he go and place that order to your chosen restaurant directly? No. Can you pay him directly? Nope. Bottom line, the customer, the driver or the delivery partner or even the restaurant cannot communicate with each other without an app. From discovery to delivery and payments, the designated app is the center of the universe. Zomato only gives the name of the customer to the restaurant Swiggy doesn't even do that. No other data is shared with anyone. Order up. Zomato even provides assets like phone, bags, etc. to its delivery partners, which has to be necessarily used for providing the services. Is entitled to deduct charges from the amount collected in lieu of services provided by the partners to users and make tax deduction at source, that is TDS, from the amounts payable to its partners. Then, if the app, that is the aggregator, has total control and supervision on their drivers or delivery personnel, clearly this then is an employer-employee relationship, right? Even if you look at the manner in which the work is done, the Ola compulsorily fits the GPS device. The driver has no say in terms of whether he wants to fit it or not fit it. 
the GPS device will give information regarding the location of the vehicle. It will show where the driver is located, the passenger, the destination that the passenger has asked for, etc., etc. So there are certain, all these conditions have been set out in the agreement also, in the lease agreement that has been signed, as well as the other agreements, privacy agreements that have been signed between the company and the driver. But the delivery workers are in a sort of a worse situation because they might not be given a vehicle. They might have a bike or a bicycle even. The service conditions as far as both these uh, app-based workers are concerned is in a sense similar but differs in different respects with regard to remuneration, their service conditions, etc. Tell us how many drivers or delivery boys have a agreement with 50 signature. और कौन डिलीवरी बॉयज के पास ड्राइवर्स के पास एग्रीमेंट हाथ में है जो बाजवता बोल सकता है कि मैं एग्रीमेंट के खिलाफ हूं मैं एग्रीमेंट को फॉलो कर रहा हूं बताइए सर सही हमें भी देखना चाह रहे कितने लोग के पास हाथ में एग्रीमेंट्स है और ऐप के पर एग्रीड बोल के दबा दिए तो आप जो है उसके पर वो कर लिए जैसा हो जाता है आपको राइड में रहते आपके टेंशन में आप आप जो है एग्रीड बोल तक बुकिंग नहीं देते तो ड्राइवर मजबूर है एग्रीड बनाना पड़ता है उसको क्या आप 40 मिनट में पूरा पेपर पढ़ ले सकते हैं कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन पूरा जो भी आप लिख के दे दे नहीं ना अभी गवर्नमेंट के इसके ऊपर एक्शन रूल क्या चाहिए था ऑटोमेशन एल्गोरिथम्स हैव एक्चुअली मेड मैटर्स वर्स फॉर द गिग वर्कर्स द थिंग टू अनपैक ओवर देयर इज द फैक्ट दैट दीस कंपनीज एंड द काइंड्स ऑफ प्रॉमिसेस दे आर मेकिंग एज वेल एज द सेलिब्रेशन ऑफ बिग टेक एल्गोरिथम्स डेटा ड्रिवेन सर्विसेज एंड डिलीवरी दोज आर प्रॉमिसेस दैट आर ऑल फेसिंग देयर कस्टमर्स राइट सो ऑल द विजन्स एंड इमेजिनेशन दैट दे आर पोर्ट्रेइंग इज मोस्टली ड्रिवन टुवर्ड्स हाउ टू मेक लाइफ इजियर एंड फास्टर फॉर ऑल काइंड्स ऑफ ओला और ऊबर पैसेंजर्स और people who are ordering food delivery and grocery delivery services and things like that the thing that they don't want to particularly discuss is what kind of impact does it have on the daily work of people who are doing you know food delivery or online uber driving and things like that but eventually it is the worker who has to deliver that service and that worker is still a human person so that's led to this sort of a crunch or basically an accelerated exploitation or of gig workers who are in any case not classified as full time employees and hence are not being given any sort of sick leave or any other kinds of benefits that come with standard forms of employment that's nupur raval a postdoctoral researcher at the ai now institute at new york university who has done extensive research on the gig economy and specializes in social impact of ai and data driven systems Nupur disagrees with the companies who claim their target-based incentive structures are fair and creates healthy competition within. On the contrary, she actually argues it's just gamification. Psychologically, a base pay creates this illusion of guaranteed income, while a variable incentive on top of that seems attractive initially because they seem to be offering endless opportunity to earn, but reality soon catches up. there were two different things that were happening one is that these companies when they started out especially ola and uber which are the pioneers in this platform economy field they did not start out by promising guaranteed income they in fact started out by promising even more than what one would imagine an average 
salaried job in a in a relatively like big tier one tier two city in India, and that was a big draw for a lot of people who had never um, thought that without a kind of white collar education or higher education or degrees they would ever be able to make that kind of money. The other sort of deceit in in calling it gig work is that companies I think for a while tried to play it off as if this is casual work that this is just something that you can do on the side and it allows you time to go ahead and do other jobs as well but that's simply not true if you look at food delivery or taxi driving or any of that some of the exploitation therefore is also by design the incentives may look like an amount for a certain amount of work but the ways in which its payout is designed or the kind of work that people have to do all of it is so disproportionate that it just doesn't make sense the deliberate use of algorithms as well as datafication allows these companies to offer tailored or isolated experiences to different groups of workers so one of the struggles for workers has also been to be able to compare each other's earnings or compare each other's experiences on a daily basis and are we all going through the same exploitation or are we all having the same bad day or good day and they're not right because based on where they're located in a particular city or uh, how many deliveries they've made or how many rides they've made or what their own ratings look like a lot of these factors figure into how a particular worker as a data point is it, uh, can make a certain earning so this poses a big challenge for how workers can collectivize or even start to configure what should count as basic rights of fair treatment in this space and that's uh, to to me that's truly sort of exploitation by design globally regulators policymakers and even the courts are taking note and across us and europe triggered by the judgment in london against uber which was followed by the ab5 bill in california further catalyzed similar legislations worldwide the supreme court has ruled that a group of uber drivers must be treated as workers rather than self-employed a decision which means they could be entitled to a minimum wage and holiday pay uber claimed it's a technology company not a taxi firm but the employment tribunal dismissed the company's arguments and suggested the firm had tried to bamboozle its drivers with twisted language there is a domino effect in play i think the London judgment UK Supreme Court judgment uh, of Uber versus Aslam uh, was definitely a landmark case because across these judgments globally mostly in the global north or in the west the main issue of contention has been the misclassification of these workers right so gig work came up as this sort of fast and loose term that these companies made up and they have a repertoire of terms they call them partners in some cases they call them independent workers in the us for a while they were calling them small business owners as well and all of this language is so deliberate because it's tried to evade this question of are these workers full time or or part time employees of these companies or not and so for a long time these companies drew their boundaries around how many people does uber employ say for instance in the us and that number would be in a few thousands it would not account for the thousands of uber drivers who actually form the mainstay without whom this company could not do what it does 
And in the US, the California uh, bill, AB5, it had a long journey. And what's interesting and, and different from the UK case is that AB5 kind of got messy because in the California context, it was not just a bill aimed at gig workers or app-based workers, but it was a larger bill aimed at bringing all sorts of freelance workers or independent contractors under the purview of the employee-employer relationship. And finally, coming to the, the historic, again, PIL in the Indian context, right? I think it's 2019 or 2020 when finally the possibility of doing something like a class action lawsuit uh, has even become uh, a reality in the Indian legislative context. So before that, and, and even so, there's still like numerous systemic hindrances to how or why, especially an underprivileged consumer or worker, such as gig workers in this case, might be able to bring forth a, a mass grievance or a class action suit in the Indian context. Interestingly enough, Uber CEO Dara Koshoshahi last year wrote an opinion piece about his company's commitment to the Code of Social Security. We reached out to all the four companies mentioned in the petition for comments. While Ola and Swiggy didn't respond, Uber declined to comment. A Zomato spokesperson said, and I quote, We have not received any notice from any court. Therefore, we wouldn't be able to participate. That said, we are committed to following the law at all times. We truly value our delivery partners and will continue to do the best for them. Unquote. Even as many food aggregators like Zumato and Swiggy have raked in the mullah during the pandemic and have seen their valuations go through the roof, life became progressively worse for the delivery boys or the drivers, many of whom were actually without any income during lockdown. It happened because during the pandemic, the situation as far as app-based workers was concerned was horrific because not only were they not provided with uh, safe safety and uh, protection from the COVID because they were allowed uh, under the different uh, SOPs, whether it was during the first pandemic or the second, the drivers were allowed to operate and were unofficially considered as essential workers. So we have said that they should be considered as essential workers, which basically means that both the aggregators and the central and state governments are liable and responsible for ensuring that the workers' health and safety is protected, which basically means that they should have been provided with insurance. Many of the workers died due to COVID. Many were hospitalized and their insurance was not paid. Their medical bills were not paid. And they have become heavily indebted because of the pending bills that are still to be paid. The second issue that came up was because of the pandemic and because they were not able to get proper uh, remuneration for whatever work that they were doing because of the low demand, 
they were not able to pay the EMIs, non-payment of EMIs, even though the Supreme Court said that there will be a moratorium, yet their vehicles were confiscated. They were not given any notice that it would be put up for auction and they were auctioned and the money was appropriated by the insurance companies. Private. There were many issues with regard to the conditions of the APACE workers during the COVID and it was because during this period of time that a that, uh, lot of organizations came forward to help them and finally we decided that they should claim their legal entitlements through some legal process. Coming on the heels of China's crackdown of its internet giants, the venture capital community is nervous about the timing of this PIL, that it may potentially jeopardize the financial viability of several unicorns for a long time coming. None of them has ever made a profit, so any adverse ruling could push them deeper in the red and upset the juggernaut altogether. Some though feel companies have already factored everything in and may pass on the impact across various stakeholders. But the bigger, more fundamental question is, can companies prosper in isolation or do they excel only when the entire ecosystem does so in tandem? It's predicted that India's gig economy could triple over the next three to four years to 24 million jobs in the non-farm sector. So you can imagine the multiplier effect possible. Even Niti Aayog's chief executive officer Amitav Khan released a report titled Unlocking the Potential of the Gig Economy in India, saying that he sees the gig economy as the future of work. If that be so, then in this age of heightened compliance and scrutiny on governance and transparency, driving towards an equitable level playing field should indeed be encouraged. Thank you, Mr. Salauddin, Gayatri and Nupur. Deeply appreciate it. That's all from us. I'm Arijit Barman and you've been listening to The Morning Brief. The episode was edited and coordinated by Shashwat Mohanty and produced by Swati Joshi. Saundarya Jayachandran was the sound editor. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. We look forward to feedback. Write to us at themorningbrief at timesgroup.com. And if you like this episode, please share on your social media handles. We'll really appreciate it. The Morning Brief drops every Tuesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. Thank you for listening and have a nice day. Goodbye. Good luck. All editor sound clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners. Credits mentioned in the description.